Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. Hello, welcome to the New Books in Jewish Studies podcast. I'm your host, Ari Barbalat. Today, I am in dialogue with Dr. Michael Steinlauf. We will be discussing his new book, This Was Not America, A Wrangle Through Jewish-Polish-American History, published by Cherry Orchard Books, 2022. This book was co-authored with Elzbieta Yanika. Michael will be joining us individually today. It is my honor to be in dialogue with him and to have this opportunity to share in this conversation with him. I could not be more grateful for Michael's kindness, thoughtfulness, and availability in participating in this interview today and look forward to a fruitful and thoughtful discussion. Michael, can you kindly tell us about yourself? Where did you grow up? What inspired you to invest so much attention in this project? Okay, let me let me just say that um, it's it's uh, it's a pity that my co-author is not here. But let me just say a, a couple of things because uh, just to begin with, because uh, if she's not here, actually, then then you know she ought to, you know, her her spirit should be here. Uh, her name is this is Elzbieta Janitska. And um, look, the idea for this book and and the structure of this book are are, are her doing essentially. Um uh, I can talk should I should I talk about how the, the book came to be? Is that is that um Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. How did this book come to be? Okay. Well, it came to be uh through uh uh through a, a sudden completely unexpected uh contact uh email contact uh from Elzbieta, from Ella as I as she's known um saying that um and it's a little embarrassing because because it, it's you know she she so praised my book but I'll say I'll say how it all happened um you know, she she said, uh, I get this phone call from someone I don't know, uh, this this a text, I mean, this email from someone I don't know. And um, she says, oh, look, I've read your book uh, seven times. I can't, I can't get it out of my head. Um, and then she goes on and says, uh, there, there's a lot that's in the in this book that's 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 brilliant this book is amazing and then there's a lot in this book that's bullshit and 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 um and that kind of contact initial contact uh kind of was with a setting uh for our our entire our entire contact our entire work together 
Um, because because Elishbiata, first of all, uh, the idea for for a book um, about uh, that that was based in in dialogue, extremely important. And uh, the, there's a word for this. She, well, she asked me when she called, "Can we conduct what's known in Polish as as Vivia Vivia means literally an interview river. And this is a genre uh, in in Poland that, that consists of of book length uh, in of a book length interview, and so that, that that was her first approach. I would like to you know that that we would uh, talk that we would talk, and we indeed did talk uh, for um, several years. Um, partly, uh, partly in New York, in New York and Philadelphia, and partly in uh, in in Warsaw, and uh, she taped everything, of course. And the the, the interview was 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 in uh, was in Polish. The, the, our exchange was all in Polish, um, and uh, and uh, so this this was the beginning. And and the structure of the thing, the structure of the book, uh, is also her doing. Um, so uh, you know the how how the chapters are sequenced and and so on and so forth. So anyway, that said, um, let me. There are many vantage points. Uh, there are many things about this book uh, that should be discussed. And the first of all, first of all, the simplest. Is as uh, treating it as a straight biography, um, um, you know, so that so that I can talk about, I can speak to your initial question. In other words, in other words, how, who am I, and 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 how did this thing? Well, okay. You know, so I can speak to that, uh, for example, uh, in terms of biography. Yes. Can you tell us about? Yeah, the biography narrated in this book. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I grew up in a in a very strange place, and and this and this um, and this segues also into into uh, this notion of uh, of of the title of the book. Uh, this was not America. Well, it it, it began in America physically. But uh, it segues this notion in, into so many different directions. So let me start off with who am I? I am I am the son of uh, of two Holocaust survivors, uh, born immediately after World War II. Um, my uh, parents uh, were Polish Jews who survived the Holocaust uh, in Poland uh, on, on you, you know, not, you know, most of the survivors of, most of the Polish survivors of the Holocaust um, did so by escaping in one way or another to the Soviet Union. Um, and, uh, but that was not the case with my parents. Uh, they both survived in in Poland, um, and my my father, uh, primarily in the Warsaw Ghetto, and my mother from the beginning, um, uh, what was called I mean the the expression uh, the term is 
Poariske Stronje on the Aryan side, uh, meaning uh, she pretended to be um, Polish, Polish. You know, let me let me say this too: this notion of Polish and how it was used by Polish Jews uh, before the war. Nearly every Jew in Poland regarded themselves as a Jew and not as a Pole, and that's a whole complicated thing which we could get into if you like. But but uh, uh, but that that's important uh, because because they were they were Jews first, and 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 they who happened to be who who were incredibly bound up of course in the place they lived but it was it was they were nonetheless um saw themselves as jews first and and poles second uh, so and we grew up uh, i in a in a very strange place it was brighton beach which in new york um which is on the um uh right on the water right on the atlantic uh, at one end of it is Coney Island. There's a boardwalk that that runs along uh, the, the the water that, that extends about three miles or so. At the far end uh, of one side, uh, one far end is is um, Coney Island, and the other end uh, is Brighton Beach, where where I grew up. And this was uh, this was a place, at least when I would, you know, today uh, you can't get, you can hardly. Uh, uh, you can hardly do anything there without speaking Russian, because beginning in the early seventies, the Russians uh, started moving in there, uh, mainly Jews, but not only, and uh, and all the signs are, you know, but when I was there, there were there were some signs, uh, shop signs and so on in Yiddish, but mainly they were in English. But now it's it's almost entirely almost entirely in Russian, and uh, but I, I I was there before all that. Where these were um, Russian, Polish speaking, but especially Yiddish speaking uh, Jews uh, from all over. Some of them who had been there before World War II, and then uh, people like my parents um, who were uh, survivors. Why did you? Why is this book structured in the way that it is structured? Why are the chapters laid out in the order? that they are in. Can you comment on the specific yeah, structure I, of the book? I mean, it's it's uh, the structure, as I said, was proposed uh, by Elisabetta. And uh, the structure is, first of all, biographical. So uh, let me say something about that, because I grew up in this, in this community uh, where uh, it was what it was. I mean, it was, it was all, uh, Jewish, and partly a small number of of survivors, and um, I couldn't wait to escape. I couldn't wait to 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 get out of it, uh, because it was stifling for me, um, and so I managed to uh get a, a you know fellowship, a scholarship. It was in those days called to to uh columbia columbia university and even though it was just a move from from uh uh, uh from brooklyn to uh new york uh to manhattan uh it was an entirely transformed uh uh world for me 
And so, uh, let's see. Uh, the first, I was looking, as soon as I got to, to, to Colombia, I, I was looking for a way out of the world and, and then thinking that, that, that I had, that had been around me. And, uh, and so, and that coincided, see, I was, I, I was, I was, I was looking for, for a way out. And that coincided with the way so many other people with an entire generation back in the sixties was, uh, was looking. And, uh, and so this all segued in the sixties, uh, into, uh, a rebellion at, at, uh, at Columbia university, which resulted in, um, uh, 700, uh, uh, students being arrested in one night um, with with a certain amount of violence by the New York City police, and um, and that in turn uh, got me this notion of of change of radical change. I remember talking with a with a friend of mine uh, on, on on I remember exactly where it was. It was 111th Street and and Broadway and uh, on on the uh, on the on the northeast corner, and and I remember saying to him, you know, everything is going to change. There would be I was convinced. There would be no more universities. There would be no more as as the way they were structured then, um, because everything was was structured. Uh, it seemed to me in, a, in an oppressive way, in a way that 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 made life uh, impossible, especially for the for the poor and 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 for the and 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 for those who had didn't have the wherewithal to to live in this world, um, and so. Uh, I, I was convinced things would be totally different, totally different. And um, so after after the Columbia uprising uh, in in uh, April of '68, um, well, I, I and then this segues into right after that uh, my 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 well, right during that actually, my father died, and uh, this was a, a crucial event in my life. Um, and let's see, I'm not, I'm not sure I can, I can go the biography way. I can go the, the, uh, I can go the personal biography because from there I went, uh, from, from New, 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 from New York, I, I moved, uh, to Seattle, uh, with my then girlfriend and, um, and try to, to make change, trying, trying to involve myself further in this movement to uh, to change uh, things for the better, to change things. Uh, well, what we saw then, we, the harshness, the the, and still I still see uh, the harshness of capitalism, the the uh, the impossible demands that it makes on human beings. Um, and so I moved to Seattle and and uh, started doing prison work. Started working with uh, an organization that brought people uh, into uh, prisons, into this one particular prison, Monroe Prison, this medium security place. And uh, here I was, you know, a, a uh, uh, who I was, a, an ex-Columbia student, uh, finding myself so you know among people who were entirely different from what I had known. 
and uh, and who were, but we do we, we were engaged in 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 the same kind of same kind of business in trying to make change and radical change uh, in in society. Um, so that um, and eventually, my 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 best friend uh, in that in those years was a uh, was a, a guy named Bruce Seidel who I was uh, who we were roommates we were uh, we we did things all sorts of things together and above all he was the organizer of this thing called uh, the awareness project uh, which was the uh, the structure that brought uh, people into the prisons to 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 meet uh, with prisoners and um, and uh, the official notion was that um, was that we were helping them better uh, find a way to to uh, adapt at once they got out of jail, uh, once they got out of prison. But uh, Bruce and this small group around him uh, had different ideas. Uh, the, our ideas were to to radicalize uh, prisoners, to show them that really, uh, once they got out, uh, the only way out of this society and of their own situation um, was revolution. Um, and uh, so we did various uh, actions that uh, try to promote uh, awareness and also change, radical change. So, uh, you know, Bruce and I were were really close friends and roommates. And and um, and uh, what happened is that side by side with uh, the main uh, part of this uh, of this group, um, the awareness project, uh, something else developed because people uh, there were a small number of people who believed that uh, uh, that the only way that 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 any uh, um, political group that wanted to make change um, had to do so in a in a truly radical way because the people who ran society would not uh, uh, would not allow uh, any other kind of change uh except except um because they uh they had all the guns and so this group uh emerged as an armed group and uh that was for a year or for several years um uh did various activities various actions so we we were on a march for example um oh i should add that the, that the environment uh it was really multi multicultural multiracial we had uh, mexicans we had indians we had blacks in this group um and um and uh we had newspapers i mean i was the editor of of um of a of a newspaper called no separate peace uh, which, in in fact, you know, brought together or tried to bring together all these uh, different uh, uh, sorts of folks, and uh, but within that or next to it, 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 it the, uh, a group uh, developed that uh, that talked about armed struggle, and uh, for example, we were on a uh, on a march to uh, uh, to to the uh, Bureau of Indian Affairs in Portland, Oregon. And uh, 
and we we partly we were camping out uh, uh, during this uh, march. And uh, one one morning we wake up and and um, and it was surrounded by reporters who say, "Have you heard? Have you heard?" Um, uh, the Bureau of Indian Affairs was blown up in Portland. So he said, oh, we didn't know anything about it. We, in fact, we didn't know anything about it. But this was the, the situation. Uh, any any above ground, they believed any above ground movement needed needed a, a uh, an armed wing. So uh, they had to finance their activities, this little group. Uh, and so they started to rob banks. <laughs> and uh, at one of these uh, moments, uh, we, we still don't know how, um, they were surrounded by police. Uh, and, uh, and my friend Bruce was, uh, was killed. And that, in fact, you know, transformed everything for me because I began to see that that this kind of violence and it was useless uh and 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 it had to be I had to change I had to change and so uh, what did I think about I started thinking about my, my 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 the world of my parents and how uh you know I had to be uh, coming from where I was coming my, my whole upbringing this notion of being mission driven of having a mission having something to do uh, to 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 change things. To uh, not that I thought not that I thought about the Holocaust very much. I didn't. Um, but behind it all was this sense that 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 uh, I had to fight injustice and and um, and uh, go on and find ways of doing so. And so I segued into this notion uh, of of of. Well, we, we were at the time, you know, Holocaust, everybody talked about the Holocaust, everybody talked about the Holocaust, but what they didn't talk about is the world that the Holocaust destroyed, the world of, of Polish Jews. And so I decided to um, to uh, commit myself to that. And, and that meant, first of all, see, languages were important here. I grew up speaking uh, with my parents, speaking Polish. Uh, there were some other kids like me uh, who who also come came came from families of that sort, but somehow they never uh, they were their knowledge of Polish was passive. Uh, I was the only one who could who could speak Polish and who learned how to speak Polish. And then uh, as I came out of this uh, Seattle situation, I I uh, decided well, I, given what I what my mission is going to be, I I had to learn I had to learn Yiddish too, and so I did, and uh, uh, and finally um, at Colum at uh, Brandeis, uh, where I applied to a, a doctoral program, and um, and this was this was it, uh, this was uh, the beginning of 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 the notion. Uh, that 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 my mission-driven life uh, was was going to involve uh, Poland. Your book alludes to some of the issues in Polish Jewish studies. Mm -hmm. What is wrong with the quote-unquote non-critical paradigm in Polish Jewish studies? What are the consequences yeah, well, of this... the quote of this for? contemporary Poland 
in its particular socio-cultural and socio-political situation today. Yeah, well, this is something uh, Elzbieta, uh has been has been uh, working on, but uh, you know she believe you know what's happened re- most recently. I mean, at the time I was moving into this into this world of Poland, it, it was some some really different things were going on. Uh, the Solidarity Movement, which brought people uh, together to overthrow communism at the at the time, uh, but since then, in recent years, uh, there's this uh, there's this paradigm of Polish history that occur that accords with with a kind of right wing nationalist view. Of of Poland, and uh, which says that uh, that Poles was basically uh, uh, says that Poles were all um, heroes or martyrs uh, in the course of their history, um, and uh, this is how uh, in the years that the that the right wing party has uh, has been in power. Um, has has worked to uh, shape uh, the 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 way uh, Polish uh, history is taught, and in in schools, in universities, and uh, in a non-critical way, in, in in a way saying this is all about uh, glory and 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 martyrdom, and uh, even in the in the uh, in the main uh, in in the statue. To the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising in in the middle of, of Warsaw, um, the the uh, engraved at the base of that statue is to our heroes and martyrs, um, and uh, suggesting that one thing for Jews, but this same notion uh, was was uh, applied uh, to. Uh, to the uh, to everything that that non-Jews were doing as well, and this was problematic um, because and uh, again this is going up to to recent years, um, non-critical the critical the, the notion of, a, of 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 criticizing this paradigm um, is the work. Of a of a of a of a very important, a very small but very important uh, group of uh, historians, and then in the last few years, this has been a movement spearheaded by by uh, Barbara Engelking and Jan Grabowski, who uh, who looked at what's something something that that that's called the that that's come to be called the, the third. Uh, phase of the Holocaust. Uh, the mm. first phase being um, being uh, ghettoization. Uh, the second phase uh, being murder. Mm-hmm. And then you see there were numerous survivors of all this. We're talking about in in Warsaw. We're talking about the you know the murder of 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 uh, three hundred thousand at least people uh, deported directly to uh, Treblinka. And there were survivors all over, people who jumped off the trains and who escaped from the ghettos and so on. And um, they uh, then had to try to hide uh, and find people who would hide them. And uh, this 
this final hunt for survivors is what uh, some of these uh, historians, such as Barbara Engelking and Jan Grabowski, uh, have been uh, have been following, have been have been writing the history of, and uh, and it's not a pretty history because. Uh, uh, the percentage-wise, uh, the number of... Uh, and this is something that mainly took place in the countryside. Um, and uh, the number of Jews who were able to hide uh, successfully uh, was a small minority. And so this this uh, uh, this cut through this notion of, of Poles all being heroes and martyrs um, and, and revealed some very some very um, horrendous uh, situations. Uh, most famous of, of this, most well known, is um, is is what happened uh, uh, in what well, the first thing that started it off uh, was uh, what happened uh, in nineteen in nineteen forty one in a in a town called Yelvabne, which you may have you may have heard. Uh, yes. Uh, about the book Neighbors and uh, by by Jan Gross, and this was the beginning of this uh, a critical uh, reevaluation of the role of of poles in the on the in the Holocaust. Why did you write this book as a dialogue? Well, it was it was uh, it was all the work of my of my co-author Elizbieta Janitska, uh, who proposed that we use this this genre. Uh, well known in Poland called Vivyadzeka, uh, a, a, uh, a literally dialogue river, but a long uh, interview river, but but a very long uh, and involved uh, uh, interchange uh, between uh, Elżbieta and and myself. Oh, excuse me, I'm sorry. Okay, yeah, um, and so. One of the things that that um, that that this dialogic uh, uh, procedure uh, led to uh, was the fact that that Elzbieta and I, coming from very different places, uh, were able to uh, bring out, uh, often through conflict between us, uh, all kinds of uh, all kinds of perspectives. Um, now I was coming to this as I came to Poland, uh, and I I was there. I got a I had a Fulbright uh, fellowship, and I came to Poland uh, to in the middle of the of the solidarity movement, which you know as you know finally brought down communism. And I I went to to these demonstrations, and 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 I saw I saw I for me everything was compared to, to what I had known, which was the Columbia uprising and uh, and the work I had done in Seattle. And this was, uh, and Zbieta's perspective was, uh, it was very, was very different. Uh, she saw all the, everything that was problematic about this. And so where I was, you know, kind of coming at things as a, as a, as a, um, as a, well, shall we say an American, uh, enthusiast, you know, uh, she was uh, coming at it as a, in a very critical, in a very critical way, and um, and so between us, 
uh, there were often tensions and conflicts uh, that was that I think were useful in in bringing out uh, in bringing out uh, what uh, what was happening uh, in in Poland. Um, so that uh, that dialogue was was uh, was rather important. What does your book teach us about the nature and character of dialogue? Is there a specific approach to dialogue that shows up in this book? Um, hard to say a specific approach, but uh, but dialogue. I, th- I think that in our case, the dialogue of of people who disagreed as as uh, more often than they agreed on on things i would say and in that in that give and take uh a lot was was revealed i mean two different perspectives uh, on things that were that were really important so so that that i would say um you know uh a friendly friendly enemies in a sense in the course of the dialogue i mean uh we're certainly you know we uh, uh, because it, because you know she was coming at it uh, from a very from a very critical uh, perspective, and uh, everything that happened, uh, uh, she you know she's uh, she's uh, to this day she you know she's she's a kind of she's a sort of Marxist who 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 uh, whose whose notion of of um, of things is is very much uh, uh, very critical and and. Uh, I was seeing things in a, in a much looser way. For example, uh, when uh, when the when the when the Pope came to uh, uh, Poland, uh, the the brand new Pope John Paul, um, I, I wasn't there, but I, I saw the effects of it. Uh, it was it was an exciting moment. It, it was it was it was an exciting moment because he brought to bear uh, forces uh, that were really liberatory forces, despite the fact that elsewhere uh, his his uh, his uh, his function was hardly liberation in South America, for example. But in Poland, yeah, and so and I picked that up, and I picked up the you know I picked up uh, you know the 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 sense of that, and for her, you know, it was it was he's just. You know he's a pope. How can he? How how can how how can uh, his his effect uh, be anything but uh, uh, but reactionary? And so um, her notion uh, playing down the importance uh, of, of 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 Pope John Paul and mine, you know, seeing it in in, in very you know beautiful terms, uh, you know, kind of kind of puts together. Uh, uh, these this notion of of um, of uh, of change. Who was Ninel Kamiraz Kos? Can you describe this person? Well, yeah, we 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 met. Uh, Ninel was an amazing amazing person. Uh, she uh, she was one of the first persons uh, I I got to know really well in in Poland. Um, she her backstory was was kind of was kind of interesting. Uh, Ninel, uh, she was she was born in in Moscow, and um, uh, to Yiddish speaking parents. They were Yiddishists, in fact. They were scholars of Yiddish, and then um, uh, and her name itself uh, shows you where they were coming from because Ninel spe- spells Lenin uh, backwards. 
and uh, and 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 then she they they came and it, when when things loosened up a little, the family made it to uh, the family made it to um, uh, to Poland uh, from Moscow where she was born, and uh, she created uh, the house where she lived uh, before the war. Uh, the the apartment uh, had been had been had been a center had been a center of uh, of um, I'm sorry that that's that's disturbing and I, I shouldn't turn off my phone, um, but but before the war uh, it was it was the center of 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 Jewish uh, of Jewish life it was it was um, and and she took this place over and turned it into a kind of salon. Uh, for for people uh, from from all over, and it was kind of a a bohemian uh, place. Uh, people would turn up uh, all, at all times of the of the day and night, uh, uh, drinking uh, tea from this huge samovar that sat on her kitchen uh, on her dining room table, and um, and uh, drinking vodka, of course. And uh, it was it was like it, it reminded me of, of of old fashioned American Bohemia also, and it was it was it was one of the most it was it was a welcoming place. It was a place that was that I could feel comfortable in. And uh, Aninel, um, you know, she she uh, passed away uh, several years ago, um, but uh, her memory is 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 a powerful one and an inspiration remains an inspiration. Another individual I'd be curious to ask you about is Helena Datner. Why is she important? She's my she's my enemy uh, to this day. She is my best friend in in Poland. She is an extraordinary person. Who first of all her her backstory also her her uh, her father, who I got to know. Uh, was an amazing man uh, who had uh, uh, had fought in the in the Bialystok ghetto, um, and his whole family he had a family back then. His whole family had he had uh, daughters and then the wife, and they were all they were all murdered. Uh, he he survived and remarried, and and Helena uh, came of that post war. Uh, marriage and uh, Helena was it is uh, a person dedicated um, to unearthing uh, kinds of truths, historical truths. And she's a historian who works for the uh, works in the Jewish Historical Institute, and she's someone who I just uh, come to whenever uh, uh, whenever I have I have questions about. Uh, and she's she's also working uh, uh, constantly working to. Uh, uh, to move past to somehow uh, negate uh, the 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 horrendous uh, government that's been in power uh, to deal with uh, that government uh, somehow uh, for the last uh, number of years, um, and uh, she's a uh, uh, I regard her as 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 a as a comrade, as a comrade and as a dear friend. Can you comment? on the titles of the various chapters um in this book yeah for example chapter eight is called moses moishe michal marish michelle michael first time around 
Chapter yeah. nine is entitled Moses, Moshe, Michal, uh, Marish, Michel, Michael, second time around. Well, what, this, is, this, all, this all refers... What does it signify? This signifies uh, me, in a sense. Uh, uh, I mean, in, in, the, in, the, in the most, in the, in the smallest way, uh, Moses, Moshe, I mean, I was, I was named after, after Moshe, and my name is Moshe, Moses, uh, after my, after my um, grandfather. And Michal then is my is my Polish version, the Polish version of my name. Marish, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, Michel, I was born in Paris right after the war, and so that uh, Michel, uh, I was named Michel, and in America it became Michael. Now, uh, Marish, it is a is a is a complicated thing, but it's part of me too. Um, I uh, I had a brother. Um, my father uh, survived the Warsaw Ghetto, um, and in the course of my father got married right, uh, unfortunately, uh, right before the war started in, in 1939, um, and uh, he and his wife had a child. Uh, and that child was a male child uh, who uh, was murdered uh, at, at the age of about two and a half um, in, the, uh, in, the, in the course of the war, in the course of the Nazi liquidation of the, of the ghetto in 1942. And um, uh, Marish is the name that was used for him in... Uh, uh, in a document I, I found at the uh, at the uh, the Jewish Historical Institute, uh, define you know talking about um, his fate. Uh, there's a mention of Marish, and then it, it in the context it comes out that this is uh, this is another Michael. I'm surrounded by Michaels, Moishes. So so this 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 is this these all these names converge. On, on this notion of, of who I am also, which is uh, a multiplicity, um, so many different uh, names. What about chapter six, which is called Bondage to the Dead first time around, and chapter seven, which is called Bondage to the Dead oh, second bondage, time around? Well, bondage to the Dead is 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 the first book I, I, I wrote, and uh, it came out, it's, it's about... 25 years old at this point. Um, it's bondage to the dead, colon, Poland, the memory of the Holocaust. I, I realized back then uh, when I came, first came to Poland and uh, interestingly enough, uh, you know, got in the middle of, of, of people working in the solidarity movement. Um, but um, there wasn't a clean, clear notion of the relationship of of uh, of of Jews uh, to 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 what was going on in solidarity, and so I thought it would be helpful to to uh, to write uh, uh, this book, uh, which was about uh, the way in which uh, the Holocaust had been had been treated and not treated uh, um, by Poland and 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 by its use. Uh, by by regaining uh, a use in um, 
in the course of the solidarity movement. I thought that at that time um, I could function as as being a, a person from 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 outside um, and yet deeply involved in in such issues that I could help uh, bring things together. That I could uh, tell a story, tell the story of of um, well, first of all, of of briefly of who Jews were in Poland uh, before the Holocaust and then during the Holocaust, and then um, and then mainly focusing on the years after, um, and uh, just from the names of the chapters, you can you can maybe get some sense. Uh, the the third chapter. Uh, which looks at the period 1944 to 48 is called memory's wounds. Uh, the notion that uh, people grasped at ways to to restore a memory of of what had happened, um, and uh, and then the following chapter called memory repressed uh, from 48 to 68 under under communism. Uh, you couldn't really uh, look at this thing in in its in its in its totality, and um, and then there was a period in nineteen sixty eight to seventy when when uh, all this was was kind of thrown out um, and and uh, expelled, um, and uh, then gradually with the solidarity movement. Um, where where memory was reconstructed, um, and uh, see my, my my that that book uh, bondage to the dead um, ends in uh, nineteen ninety five roughly, uh, with the fortieth anniversary of the of the um, you know the of the uh, of the end of the war, and uh, and the liberation of Auschwitz. Um, and um can you tell us about d-books to listeners who might not be jewish can you explain what a d-book is um what are they why are d-books central to the story you tell in this book well d-books are central because um uh because at a certain moment in my life um i i mentioned that uh that i had this brother who was murdered and i was convinced for uh quite some time uh, beginning uh, roughly in the seventies, uh, that I I uh, I carried within me. Uh, this is a very complicated thing because here I am as a as a historian, as an academic, trying to make sense of this. And on the other hand, uh, here I am haunted by a dibuk. A dibuk is the is the is the soul of a person who uh, died. Uh, without having fulfilled themselves in a certain way, um, and that certainly uh, applied uh, to a two-year-old child, and so I believed that I was. And again, this is tough because you know what? What uh, uh, spirit possession uh, in a scholar? You know, <laughs> but this is what it was. I believed. I, I felt deep. I felt in, possessed by uh, the spirit of a of a child of a child who could hardly talk and uh, who could just uh yell at me and 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 and, it, and it, it's a horrendous situation for many years 
and uh, as I tried to make sense of of what this uh, of what this spirit wanted, and dibuk um, dabak uh, the 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 Hebrew root uh, of of dbk uh, 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 is uh, suggests something that cleaves something that hangs on. And that's what uh, that's what it was for me, the experience. And so, even as I'm as I'm trying to make sense of uh, of history, I'm trying to make sense of this. I've been trying to make sense of this thing that was that was uh, possessing me, eating at me, um, um, and um, that only ended. This only ended in um, in. Uh, 19 in 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 uh this only ended with with uh a a moment in a in a place called called Saini in the north uh a little place in the uh, with the, that does wonderful work in the uh northeastern corner of Poland um and uh I was uh, Several of us put together a a, a presentation um, of uh, kind of a, a a recreation, a a spiritual recreation that finally uh, I felt uh, freed me. If you don't mind me asking, um, where does this book contribute to Holocaust studies, Holocaust memory, Holocaust history? Well, it's all about Holocaust history, and it's all about Holocaust memory, among other things. Um, it 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 suggests that uh, 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 some some fifty years ago, when I when I when I when I uh, first uh, started intellectually engaging uh, in this business, um, because I I I I had a notion that I wanted to get past uh, the Holocaust itself. The details of of all the murders and and, and the destruction. I, I you know what I wanted to get to was was uh, life before the Holocaust. I was looking for life, and uh, and uh, after fifty years later, it seems that so much of what I've been doing, what I have done, uh, uh, centers around centers around the Holocaust. The Holocaust is behind it all. It lurks uh, uh, in this in this way. Uh, behind everything I do, which I guess I've learned to to accept. Can you comment on the picture and image on page one seventy two? Yeah, this is an extraordinary picture uh, because it, uh, which we got uh, via uh, German archives uh, of of uh, prisoners in the in the in the from the ghetto, in the Warsaw ghetto uh, being taken uh, for 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 labor. Uh, outside Warsaw, and uh, in this picture, my father is in this picture. <laughs> He's the only guy with glasses and the mustache, and uh, there he is. <clears throat> and this was this was like an extraordinary uh, uh, thing to to discover. And then, of course, um, pictures of my brother, which I hadn't, I knew nothing about him as I was growing up, and. Um, and it was only after the death of my of my uh, of my aunt uh, 
who uh, that that the pictures were then the, that their uh, these pictures were revealed uh, came up uh, pictures taken in the ghetto of my of my half brother um and there you know and that that's extraordinary you know in a sense in a sense uh, my my what i hope to accomplish is partly uh attained through through these pictures because i somehow i found lots of pictures of my of of my of both sides of the family and commenting on them and explaining what they were uh suggests uh you know what 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 life was like before um there's another before that there's a there's a picture here of of um of my grandfather uh my father's father uh on a trip to to, to the land of israel uh in mm-hmm. a, a uh on page 164 uh that's that's extraordinary i mean where do you, I, I couldn't imagine that that this kind of uh picture existed and yet there it was uh, in this in this old in this old nineteen uh, twenties car, uh, looking uh, like they're still dusty from the from the road. Um, Can you comment on the picture of you and your family in Jamaica on page one eighty? Well, that's that's what we chose. This is uh, um, this is how how I chose to to end uh, the uh, this. Um, with a picture, with a color picture, uh, suggesting that there's a lot of people still alive, <laughs> and this is this this relates to. Uh, I mean, I've got my two sons in there, my my, my two eldest sons, um, and uh, and our and the and the little the little guy uh, on 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 the shoulders of my of my second son, uh, who um, with my current partner uh we we brought back uh from from Ethiopia uh and in this picture he's little he's he's like three years old he's like 12 now um but uh and this was a vacation uh you know sponsored by by uh, my my uh partner's uh mother and brought together her whole family and this is you know this is just a a, a picture uh, showing life, <laughs> showing life, and there's kids here, and it's uh, it's a beautiful picture. It's a way to end the book. Can you tell us about your book, Bondage to the Dead, your previous book? What is it about? What is its well, I, key I message? What are its themes? Well, you know that that book was was written. It, it's um, to this day. Well, at the time. I, I, uh, um, a question that I asked about the about the period right after the war, uh, how to explain some of the some of the extraordinary reactions uh, of people who had hidden Jews, um, and there was one particular case of uh, I mean there were many such cases, but one particular case that just grabbed me um, of of. Um, children who had been saved by a, a Polish person. Um, and uh, months later, uh, they were still, uh, he, he was still hiding them in this garret uh, where he lived, uh, not letting them out. 
And I, I, I couldn't understand that, you know, because what, what, why didn't he let them out? Why did he conceal that, that he had saved them? Uh, because this would, uh, this would uh, uh, be unacceptable in, in, uh, in, in the post-war. Uh, letting people know about this would have been un- unacceptable in the post-war uh, world. And so how could that happen? How can it happen that 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 saving uh, uh, children uh, could could lead to uh, to having to to hide that that one had even done this and was seen as a, a as a bad thing uh, as a thing that that uh, had to be hidden? So yeah, that questions like that uh, led me to. Um, uh, look at um, the work of, of Robert J. Lifton, who um, had had looked at um, at uh, tra- trauma uh, of of people who had who had lived through, uh, for example, Hiroshima, um, and uh, suggesting that 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 the 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 living through the 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 experience uh was was um was causing a a uh a need uh to to uh, to forget and to and to erase and uh this is what I try to. So I use these these notions in an in an, a way to 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 try to uh, use Lifton uh, in a way to uh, deal with uh, these amazing uh, uh, situations uh, that I discovered. And and um, so so. Uh, key to to this to this to to this is the notion of of trauma of of mass trauma and um and that that societies and and individuals that uh that trauma were traumatized uh you know would would lead to to all kinds of inexplicable uh, things and um and this is what uh this this is this was a way of understanding uh uh, you know, having to hide that one that one hit Jews. Um, now, all this uh, I have since reconsidered um, this notion, uh, especially in the course of of um, of of new uh, approaches uh, to things, because. Um, Especially the work of of uh, you know we talked about about new ways of of seeing things uh, that the work of Barbara Engelking and, and Jan Grabowski uh, at at uh, and they have a, at their institute uh, points to uh, especially in this that I mentioned already this 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 third stage of the Holocaust uh, that 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 these people who uh, who turned Jews in and murdered Jews in after the war? Uh, we're not. We're not. It wasn't a question of traumatic uh, response. It it was a question of uh, 
of 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 in many cases um of people being hidden for 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 money and uh and turned in uh for more money from the nazis and uh this notion has receded in my in my in the way i look at things uh, this notion of trauma uh mass trauma uh of 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 poles uh and on the other hand this notion of of trauma uh has been picked up by uh uh in poland uh mass trauma uh as as a way of understanding as a way of of uh excusing i would say at this point uh, all kinds of behavior um so i i, I need to modify or uh, occasionally i need think i need to reject this notion of of mass trauma uh that i talk about in in bondage to the dead uh as as a way of understanding uh, uh polish behavior after the war can you tell us about the Wera Wald, why is she noteworthy? How, how is she presented in this book? Oh, yeah, Wald's my mother, was my mother. Uh, the family. What can you tell us about her? What can I tell about my mother? <laughs> yeah, can you describe her? Uh, yeah, she was a highly educated woman. It was unusual uh, before the war. Uh, she was the youngest uh, uh, in the family, and... Uh, uh, her father had a store in the, at the heart of the uh, of the of the Jewish uh, quarter, and uh, she was raised to be something special, and wound up uh, 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 going to the university, attending the University of Warsaw, uh, which was very unusual for a woman and a Jew, and um, and. Uh, Again, she uh, uh, she married uh, before the war, and of course, um, uh, her, you know, and went on to 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 uh, go into hiding. Um, uh, on the you know the the expression was on the Aryan side, Parisi uh, Um but uh, she was a woman who <laughs> used to say. <clears throat> It was a, excuse me. It was an accident. I I survived. You know. You know how I survived? Not because I was smarter. Not because I was better in any way. Not because I knew how to handle myself. I survived totally and completely by accident. And that's so. That's that's what that's what I bring. And and then there was um. There was there was a moment that I that I learned about from her. Uh, she at at one point she was hiding in a. Um, uh with some you know intelligent in and in a intelligentsia family you know in a upper class uh family family uh in warsaw and uh and when the warsaw ghetto started to burn um when the nazis destroyed it um she everyone ran out on the roof because they were on the other side of the you know from the ghetto and everyone ran out on the roof and uh and watched as the ghetto burned and this is something i i have never forgotten uh because because my mother uh said well you know she said to one person uh, you know isn't it isn't it terrible isn't it terrible look at all these people and one and one guy said to the other yeah but uh you know 
it's not so uh, one one guy said it, it, it's Xiaomi. I, I I'm it's horrible uh the, how about the children uh who are who are being burned and someone else standing up there said well even the little ones are gonna are gonna grow up to be big Jews someday and uh, and that level of hatred uh was something that for a long time I believe I believe I would explain as a, as an exaggeration too because I grew up you know as a as believing that 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 the human beings were good and human beings could be changed that, that's why I, I did what I did when I was when I was young uh the kind of politics I engaged in and this went counter to everything uh to everything I believed in and I said no this is an exaggeration and then uh, uh, and don't forget, there was one guy who said, who said, "Well, it is bad that the children are burning." And uh, and today, um, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where I stand on, on that. But it was it was something that my mother uh, repeated. Who is Yosef Glickson? Can you tell us about him? Glickson Glickson was an amazing guy. Glickson was an actor. Uh, a Yiddish actor um, who, with his wife, uh, Poitcha, uh, they, 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 they survived. And I, I knew them when I was, uh, when I was young. Uh, Poitcha, I, I totally, Poitcha was beautiful. And when I was like about, and they, they came to my bar mitzvah and, and, and I, and I saw Poitcha, I totally felt, I had totally fallen in love with, with Poitcha. But, but Gleekson, uh, uh, Glickson was part of that pre-war modern uh, Yiddish culture, um, and uh, and through him, through his presence, I I learned about uh, the possibilities because he was he was the 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 main uh, actor in a troupe that saw itself as being um, avant-garde and was avant-garde and. Uh, uh, did all kinds of new things in Yiddish. You see that uh, breaking the stereotype of Yiddish theater and Yiddish itself as being something ancient and and not very interesting. And so his his entire his entire thing was 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 to was to, was to move beyond that. This was 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 to create a culture with life and and uh, and youth. And um, and after you know and then. Uh, he would. I saw he came to my bar mitzvah, and I, and I remember, I remember him the way he would get people to dance. Uh, just he was a little guy, uh, a very small man, and and uh, he had so much uh, power in him uh, that uh, that 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 was a, a way. You know, being around him made me uh, later on made me understand the the strength. Of that of that modern Yiddish culture that was brewing uh, back before the war, and uh, made me again things like that made me appreciate again uh, what had been destroyed. Uh, but he he was an amazing guy after the war. He he uh, did what he could to rehabilitate uh, uh, Yiddish theater and didn't have much of a chance in in uh, in, in post war uh, America. But uh, he. Uh, he was filled with life, and he was filled with with strength. Um, so uh, he was a model. He was my role model 
uh, for what uh, a pre-war Yiddish culture was all about. Um, modern Yiddish culture, right? Because, uh, yeah. Okay. What else? Who was who is Choni Shmeruk? Why is he notable? Choni Shmeruk. And Choni Shmeruk was, was, um, was a, a great uh, scholar of, uh, of Yiddish culture um, who... Um, who invited me um, right as I was I was uh, uh, thinking of of what to write about for my dissertation? Invited me where I came to Israel, and uh, and he in fact suggested to me that I uh, what I take on because I I at first I, I was thinking of of writing about about Yudlamit uh, Peretz uh, who was seen as the as the master of of. Uh, of, of of the new culture, but he said this would take this would take a decade to to complete. And he said instead he suggested this this man uh, a man of the theater, as it turned out, uh, uh, named Mark Arnstein. He had two names, and what was interesting about him was that he was I mean, in pre-war uh, Poland, I mean, lots of Jews you know knew Polish perfectly, like my parents, uh, but culturally. Uh, what was unusual about Einstein was that he, he, he was he the, the the what he worked on in the theater was both in he worked on it both in Polish theater and in Yiddish theater and there was there was no one else uh, really uh, a handful of other people who, who did that and so that in turn got me into uh, studying uh, a, a pre-war. Um, again, a pre-war a Jewish culture and 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 theater, especially. Um, he he was the author. Uh, he was the author of a play right about 1900 um, um, uh, called "The uh, Vilna Balabesel." Uh, what that implied it, it was about a legendary uh, um, cantor uh, from Vilna who was known as the. You know, Balabos is a is a owner, is a master, and Balabesel Balabesel is a diminutive. So he's known as 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 the little uh, um, Vilna cantor, the little Vilna guy, uh, and um, and uh, what happened? And this was a kind of semi legendary, but it was based on uh, in the in the mid nineteenth century a a a very famous. Uh, a young cantor in um, uh, from Vilna uh, made his way to Warsaw, and there uh, he fell in love uh, with a a uh, a Polish singer from the opera, and he in fact performed in the opera, and uh, and later and then then the story that that uh, Einstein tells that Mark Einstein tells is he was uh, uh, he. he uh, he finally came back uh, to Vilna, and and on on the on the eve of Yom Kippur, uh, died, fell dead, and that 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 was you know the notion was at this at the heart of that was a, a man living uh, between two cultures and destroyed uh, by by that, and um, uh, you know it 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 it's something that was. That segued into uh, a much different uh, 
uh, um, thing in in uh, in America. Um, uh, Al Jolson uh, played a a uh, uh, in the first talking movie. Uh, you know, played a a uh, a role inspired uh, by uh, by the Vilna Balabesel. Um but of course, in his case, and it has to be because it's America. It has a happy ending. You know, he uh, uh, he, he moves into uh, into the uh, into the non-Jewish world and is accepted and a great success because America was all about success. You couldn't have that. Uh, so anyway, that that and that that um, I'm still. Uh, I hope to 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 write and publish uh, that dissertation, which uh, is a very interesting figure. Can you tell us about Jurek Halberstadt? Why is he noteworthy? Jurek Halberstadt was uh, uh, another piece of, uh, involved another piece of my life. Uh, he was a, you know, he was a a, um, a Polish, uh, he is, I mean, he's still around. God help me, I, I want to use past tense. But uh, Jurek Halberstadt uh, became, was my friend in, in, in Poland. And um, what came out of our of our friendship eventually? I mean, it's a long story, but uh, Uric, uh was uh, appointed uh, to be, uh, you know, the the point person in in in, uh, in Poland uh, for the uh, Holocaust Museum in Washington D.C. And right about the time, and, and I went back to Poland in, in 1990 uh, to to work. Uh, for the for the Holocaust Museum, and they needed a person uh, who would who would uh, who would be in who would stay in Poland, not just go back and forth. And so I suggested Jurek uh, uh, Halberstadt as uh, as a perfect person um, for uh, for that. And so for 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 some time, Jurek um, and I worked together. Uh, yeah. So so uh, he and I uh, you know worked together. Uh, to to uh, plan this this museum uh, in in uh, in Poland uh, in Warsaw, the museum of the of the history of Polish Jews. I mean, I mean, do you, are you aware of this museum? By the way, uh, I mean, uh, it's it's a very large uh, place uh, in in Warsaw. It's opposite. You know, there's a there's a statue. There was there was a a, a memorial statue that was put up uh, in 1948. Uh, in memory of the Warsaw Ghetto Uprising, and that's a pretty famous statue. And uh, this museum was then planned opposite uh, the uh, opposite the uh, that statue, and it's it's now become the the central place where visitors, uh, certainly all Jewish visitors to Poland, uh, visit. And that, that museum is. Uh, and there's been a lot of controversy around it, and uh, and uh, my partner, has had a lot of a lot of things, a lot of criticisms justified, I think, uh, about the museum. But uh, but this was anyway. And then what happened is that uh, is that uh, other people uh, took took up uh, the work we had done, um, and. Uh, and other people, you know, and then this this museum. Above all, uh, Barbara Kirshenblatt Gimblet, who was in the person in charge of um, 
uh, at a certain point, you say, listen, we need somebody who knows, who's a museologist, uh, who knows, uh, who knows how to, how to set up, you know, uh, a museum. And also somebody ideally who knows Yiddish. Uh, and the only person that I could think of that came to mind was, was Barbara Kirschenberg Gimlet, who at the time was a, you know, was a professor at NYU. And, uh, and she finally accepted and she became uh, the person who shaped the, the final uh, you know, displays, all the final displays, a uh, crucial person. So, um, okay. That's that's what I have to say about that, about about Yurek, about Yurek uh, Yezhi Halberstadt. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about your father, Wolf? How yeah. is he depicted in this memoir? Yeah, he, well, he's, he's, first of all, he's very different. Uh, he came from a very different background, uh, partly from my from my mother, uh, he was uh, see he he came from a family. Both of them actually came from families that were at the heart of of Warsaw life, Warsaw commerce. Um, uh, my uh, my mother, I've, I've I've talked about on on, on the, she her father had a shop on on Nalevki, which was the the center of. Of, of Jewish commerce. Um, and my father came from a long line. And, and this is, and if you look at, in the book at, at, uh, at all these, uh, at all these uh, matzevas, at all these tombstones, there, they are, uh, this was, this was the world of the Ger Hasidim, uh, the Hasidim of, of the town uh, that began, a line of Hasidim that began in, in the town that the Jews called Ger, and the Jews called that town Ger uh, to avoid calling it by its Polish name in this case, which was Gura Kalvaria, which was Calvary Hill, right? So you can't, you, no one wanted to live in a town that 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 reminded them of 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 the Passion of Christ. Um, so they called the Jews called it Ger instead of Gura Kalvaria. And so uh, in the early 19th century, this guy uh, Alter uh, emerged uh, as, as, as uh, holy men, Hasidic holy men did and emerged as a, as a, as a shaper and as a, as a, as a person who had a following and increasingly large following. And in his case, um, you know, and then it started a line, his, his, his descendants, uh, were all Ger Hasidim of Ger, and uh, in particular, uh, in 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 Warsaw, they were they were Hasidim. You know, we sometimes think of Hasidim as being impoverished and and wanderers uh, in 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 Poland and in Eastern Europe. Uh, but these were these were sturdy uh, in in Warsaw. The Ger Hasidim. Uh, were 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 sturdy merchants and uh, not interested in any miracle doing, and uh, uh, certainly they they would have rejected the notion of of, of dibuks, and but uh, the, but they 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 had a their society uh, was for generations uh, based in 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 Warsaw, and uh, and my father came from that from that line from that line. And uh, his his brother, who who survived actually, my uncle Eric, um, who actually went to the uh, was sent to the Gera Rebbe's uh, to uh, Gera Rebbe's 
uh, yeshiva and uh, studied there. My father, though, uh, ran from all this as, as soon as he could. And um, and I, there's a little story that 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 I can tell about where he stood on this. Uh, this was in Brighton Beach uh, when I was a kid, uh, probably about ten or eleven. And uh, this this guy, you know, in a in a with a long beard and a and a in a capote, you know, dressed uh, traditionally, approached mm-hmm. his father, and uh, and said, "Nice looking boy. Uh, why don't you send him to us? We will mm-hmm. give him." education and uh mm-hmm. my father i remember this this kind of this is the, a moment as i remember it that determined uh uh my my direction of my life uh, no 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 my father said no no i'm not saying you know you can't have him <laughs> he's going to public school and we're in america we're not we're not over there so uh and i remember that that moment uh my father saying nope you can't have him um so that was a uh, and uh, but again, uh, he didn't go to the university the way my mother did. did but uh, but he was a highly educated, a very well educated man, uh, probably in in uh, in Polish language Jewish schools. Um, and uh, and he came here. I mean, uh, it, when he came to this country, he had to start everything from scratch. And uh, he he started in in Paris actually even before selling scissors in the street. And uh, and uh, finally, in America, set up a one man business, and uh, and uh, he and I in America had some had some real difficulties. Uh, we fought quite a bit, and unfortunately, he died. You know, when he was young, when he was only fifty eight. So uh, right at the right at the peak of of all the craziness that was that was about to happen at Columbia. And so that was that was a difficult moment for me. Mm. So, yeah. Can you tell us why you chose the specific title of this book? What does the specific title mean and signify? It was, it, it was taken. I mean, there's a place in the book uh, where where somebody says uh, this was not America, meaning America or meaning my life, and <laughs> this was not America, and. Uh, and I thought that that was, you know, because I thought that was a good title because it suggests the ambiguity of 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 my story and and the book itself. It was America after all, and so much of it happened in America, and I was raised in America, uh, and I'm more American than anything else. And yet, and yet, uh, uh, between. Uh, between my parents and the Dibbuk. And uh, and it touches so much that's not America. And and I try to give that sense too in 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 the in the what comes after the uh after that. Uh uh a wrangle it's called, it says a wrangle uh the subtitle a wrangle through Jewish Polish American history, which is what it is. It touches on all these things, and it touches on a, on my individual uh, uh, story, and uh, and it also touches on on a host of very large things, and uh, and they're all somehow intertwined, and uh, and I think it holds together. Uh, that that's for the reader to judge, I guess. Thank you. 
As we bring our dialogue today to a close, can you tell us about where your time and attention have gone since completing this book? Oh, um, is anything in the pipeline? Are well, you focused on any projects post, now? The, the the next project I I want to uh, well I, I published an, an article I'm, it's about to come out uh, an extensive article on on the Dibbuk and so on um, and. Um, but the next thing I'm going to do is is as I have to pull together uh, the story of Mark Arnstein, which I've mentioned here, which was the subject, uh, you know, many decades ago of my of a dissertation, and I think is is worth uh, uh, pursuing. And it, and it is, it's it's already in, in in some decent shape. But uh, I need to. That, that's where I was going to go after all this. Uh, after uh, you know, I've completed uh, dealing with the with the uh, with this book. Uh, I think the next place I'm going to go is is uh, is Mark Einstein and uh, and uh, the theater, Polish theater, Yiddish theater. I might need someone to to help me uh, sift through archives of that in Poland because that's what I need to do also to uh, to enlarge on some things. But uh, that that that's my next uh, that I would say is my next project. I wish you the very best on that project and cannot thank you enough for everything you devoted to bring this book into fruition and everything you generously shared with me in the course of our dialogue. Thank you on behalf of all our listeners. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, to reach people, because that's what it's all about. Thank you. To our listeners, I'm your host today on the New Books and Jewish Studies podcast, Ari Barbalat. Today, I've been in dialogue with Dr. Michael Steinlauf. He is Professor of History Emeritus at Graz College. We have been discussing his new book, This Was Not America, A Wrangle Through Jewish-Polish-American History, published by Cherry Orchard Books, 2022. Thank you.